You're listening to the Pushing Buttons Podcast. This Whoa. week, we are short a person. <laughs> Were you surprised by that? Were you taken aback by my by my yelling, my excitement? Well, uh, I know on this side of the table, it's kind of lonely. <laughs> I know how you feel now, so I get why you had the... I've got all the equipment over blasting here, Blasting out, like... <laughs> i got to make up for the lack of other people on this side yeah. of the table. Exactly. <laughs> Robert's not here. If you listened to last week's podcast, you'd know where he's at, but we're not going to tell you this week. you got to go back and listen to that one. Oh, I like what you did there. <laughs> My name's Kevin. And I'm Kyle. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, please follow, like, subscribe, comment, let us know how you feel about the show. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at PushingButtonsP. And, and also at MonumentousKyle. Impulse G66. And, and too, too Spooky for Robert. Remember, it's the number two. <laughs> or as Robert would say, the letter two and the letter four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, be sure to follow the Twitch channel, Pushing Buttons. Twitch.tv slash Pushing Buttons. There it is. Yeah. Kyle streams there all the time. I don't so much, but I can't really so much, but our YouTube channel's for me, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this week, we're going to be playing a little bit of a game. What I we- uh, I think we kind of took some inspiration from Election Week. Yeah, kind of. For the midterms and stuff, and we're going to kind of do the same thing. So what we've done is we've independently of one another written down six different sets of two games. Basically six different issues each. Six different sets of two games. (laughs) (laughs) And whoever draws out of the bag, there's a bag here with all the The goodies goodies in there, all the lists in there. Uh, the person that draws has to argue why one of those games is better than the other. And the other person... Is the opposite. ...will have to argue for the other game. That's right. But before we get to that, Kyle, how were you last week? This week? Kevin, this uh, week. I have to say, I am flabbergasted. <laughs> well, go on. I beat Cuphead, dude. You did. It, it was a- incredible. I was taken aback by the the amount of detail and not just the graphics... And oh, the animations, but mm-hmm. the sound and the music were just magnificent. Man, I got to tell you, like, I had the hair raised all over <laughs> my body from how difficult that was. I could feel it just by watching it. Man, it was tense. I was, like, really in the zone, though. I was, like, I was progressing. Yeah. And I felt the thrill of victory after finally beating the devil. Back into his hellhole. <laughs> Go back on the, the onto <laughs> twitch.tv slash pushing buttons. Watch those vods because it was incredible. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, watching Kyle play that game is is a lot of fun. More fun than I'd have playing it. That's for sure. I can't wait for the DLC to come out next year. Is DLC coming out for it? Yeah, I did not know remember. That. It was announced at E3. I don't remember Microsoft's conference. They they teased it, saying it was coming. There's I vaguely a, remember. There's a trailer for it too. Well, I imagine. Yeah. 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 But cool. uh, fantastic game. I love playing it. Nice. That was a lot of fun. I didn't think I'd enjoy it so much. <laughs> Especially given how difficult I've heard it's always been. Yeah. I, You know, I'm not one to, you know, kind of stray away from those difficult games. I'm drawn to them. Yeah. But I heard it was, like, really hard. And more so than any other genre, like Dark Souls or anything like that. It it's all depends like that on... platformer shooter type. It Which all de- I haven't really been good at. I think it all depends on your inclination to playing games and what what kind of games you're good at. Like, yeah. people can be really good at those character action games and find Dark Souls to be easier than Cuphead. Or if people are more prone to platformers, they'll find Cuphead easier than oh, Dark yeah. Souls. It's I, I think it's kind of an apple and orange situation. 
I mean, the last time I really had a tough time with a game like that was, you know, aside from Dark Souls, it was Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Like, man, that was hard. <laughs> yes. Back in 2010. Are you going to play Celeste? I want to. I want to play it before the end of the year Game of the Year award stream. Yeah. Or podcast. Podcast episode. I should say, yeah. That will not be a stream. We're not, I will we're be not streaming live. Celeste, though. Nice. I want to. I want to. Keep an eye out for that. I look forward to it. Yeah. Anything else? Yes. Uh, I watched Castlevania Season 2 on Netflix. I still haven't seen that yet. Oh, probably... you got to. It's awesome. So uh, she has the weekend off. Or no, not the weekend. She has Sunday off. Mm-hmm. This is today's Friday, the day we're recording this. So by the time you guys are listening to this, I will probably have watched. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. Is it six episodes? Eight. Okay, eight episodes. But man, they they're only twenty minutes long or yeah, so, right? It's so, like three hours. You can knock it out. Yeah, that's not bad. But man, it, they really upped their game. Really, because like, oh, season man. one was fantastic. It was, and season two is even more so. It's not so much like the animation. Like there's bits and pieces where it's kind of like really bad, and also really awesome. But it's just the character-driven dialogue. Like you get a sense of who these people are, because the games, like the original games, don't give you that really. Gotcha. And I just love being in that world, that universe, like just experiencing what those characters go through in that universe. Back when those awesome. games were coming out, that, that's when most of the backstory was hidden away in the instruction books and the manuals. manuals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not surprising that it's a little bit easier to tell a story from oh, the, man. the anime yeah. than from the... The second game. to last episode was really cool. Just balls to the wall. Yeah, there's a moment where... Uh, they play Bloody Tears, which is like an iconic Castlevania track. Okay. And I was just feeling it. I was like, this show's <laughs> sick. <laughs> I love it. Nice. I highly recommend it. I was looking into getting uh, Castlevania Requiem, which is the Rondo of Blood, Symphony of the Night uh, yes. collection that's just released on PS4. Mm. And then I saw that it was just the PSP versions ported to ps4 yeah basically uh they don't use the original voiceover work no which is a shame i haven't experienced the rework but i've heard it's bad and i love the original so much like i'm a big fan of alucard's original voice yeah as well as all the other characters in the game well it's not just that but i i don't expect them to update graphics for a a re-release but try to remaster it a little bit to at least make it look decent on a 1080p screen. Yeah, please. I mean, that's a given in yeah. this day and age. PSP is such a small screen, and if I was to play that game on my PS4, it would be on a 65-inch TV in my living room. Yeah. And I don't want to play a game where my character's taking up half the screen or a quarter of the screen. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what drew me away from actually Unfortunately, yeah. It, it's more of Konami's usual the-bed type yeah. thing. And uh, I also played more of... A new game. Oh, yeah? Deltarune. Yeah. Uh, This is the Toby Fox spiritual successor to Undertale. The actual name Deltarune, spoilers, is an anagram of Undertale. (laughs) In case you already didn't know that. You probably did. But uh, I'm liking the game so far. I've streamed a little bit of it. You watched, I think, a little bit as well. I watched about an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it's short, but it's more like a like a teaser for the next sequel. Yeah. And I got to say, it's free as well. It's a free download. Yeah. But uh, I got to say, I'm really enjoying it. I, I love the new dynamic of having like a party. Because basically, you're by yourself in the first game. Mm-hmm. But having additional characters, it feels like a 
traditional RPG, but it still has those same elements from Undertale. Right. It's not the traditional RPG combat. Right. Whenever you're getting attacked, <clears throat> you still have to move to dodge the yeah. the stuff coming at your heart. And <laughs> it's really cool. I highly recommend it. It's especially if you played Undertale. Right. It's really fun. I think you should play Undertale. I tried, honestly. You gotta give it another chance. I know I'd it's love it. Game. I just I when I tried it I wasn't in the mindset and that's all yeah. that from then has turned me off to trying it again. Which is a shame. I mean I when agree. I first played it I wasn't in the mindset and I forced myself <laughs> through it. And I'm I really glad I did. I'm really glad I did. It was worth it in the end. Nice. The ending is incredible. But uh other than that, um not much else this week. How about you? I as far as video games go, I I started Iconoclasts. Which is hmm. a, a puzzle platformer. It's been described as a Metroidvania so far. I'm about a little over an hour into the game. I have seen no elements of Metroidvania. Okay. Uh, it's simply a puzzle platformer, mm. and it's it's neat. It's got a, a a story to it, and it has obviously there was some care with the the lore behind the story, which is cool uh, to see in a puzzle platformer because usually stories don't matter in a game like that. This game, it's front and center. The controls do feel really tight, and the the combat is fun. I don't know why I wasn't feeling it because everything I've seen and even the parts of it that I've played, I normally would love. Mm. I just I think I was trying to force myself to play it. Mm. And yeah, it's it's a great game so far, but it's there's nothing nothing that stood out above other games. It doesn't already do something extraordinary or unique as right. opposed to just getting everything outside of having a story yeah. that most of those types of games don't have and I, I don't play those games for that element i see typically mm. i don't think i've really done anything else really the last week no marvel movies no marvel movies. you haven't seen ant-man and the wasp yet have you no i think we're doing that on, on sunday as well oh okay so well, you got a packed weekend it sounds like yeah <laughs> I do know, though, at some point next week or the week after, when Robert's back, we'll be doing a bonus episode on the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. I'm looking forward to that. I am, too. That's probably going to be a very long episode. I so think it'll might... be about the same length as a podcast episode. The first episode, you mean? Oh, it's going to be more than one. I think it's going to be probably two to three hours long, I would imagine. Oh, you think so? Because we're going to talk about every movie. There's been oh. like 21, oh, 22 movies. I need to refresh my memory on a couple of those. Yeah. That's going to be a long one. That's what I just <laughs> said, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, it's going to be a bonus episode, so it won't take away from a 45-minute to an hour episode that we already are going to have next week mm-hmm. or whenever that other one comes up. But I want to get into this. Let's get into this, shall we? The main topic of the day. Yeah, let's put some let's games Let's put our debating skills to the test. All right, so what's going to happen? We have this bag. Everything's mixed around. Since I started the podcast, you <gasps> shall pick first from the bag. Okay, hopefully I get one of yours. And we've done this secretly, so I know what six I've put in there. He knows what six he's put in there. It feels like a great, awesome time. Okay, I think I got one of yours. That's what I was hoping for. Okay. <laughs> Bag's closed. Again. Oh, nope, I got one of mine. That's fine. And you're going to like this one. Okay. It's actually not... Game versus game. Okay. All right. So I chose for this first debate. Let's go. I'm excited. All right. Star Wars character-driven games versus Star Wars vehicle-driven games. So I have limited experience with both. I think this is right up your alley, so I'm going to let you choose what you want to do. No, no. The rules 
rules are okay, rules. Okay, Star Wars vehicle-driven games for me. Okay, go for it. I feel like Star Wars vehicle games capture the Star Wars universe more so than character-driven games. I'm waiting. Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Star Wars Clone Wars, the vehicle-based game, mm-hmm. and also the other games where you control a vehicle in Star Wars. Like, for me, that's the most iconic part about it, is seeing those... The Wars and the Stars? Yes. <laughs> that's why it's called Star Wars, dude. Right, okay. But I feel like one of my favorite all-time games was Star Wars Rogue Squadron on GameCube, the first one mm-hmm. that came out when it launched. And I remember trying to gold medal every mission. <laughs> I actually took a lot of time doing it. Nice. I think I did accomplishment, all those uh, gold medals. But I feel like what makes Star Wars awesome is when you self-insert yourself as a pilot and you're in that battle using those vehicles and you just have the perfect controls for those vehicles as well as the sound effects. I just think that's way more fun than the immersion of it. Yes. With the sounds and the, the, the feeling of being in combat. Like I feel like Star Wars Battlefront, that's the best part about it is being in the vehicle. Oh, okay. Yeah. More so than being on foot and shooting your blaster at Darth Vader, who kills you in one hit. Right. But okay. Um, In the spirit of the of the game, I will have to debate that the character driven ones are better than the vehicle driven ones. I could go either way on it personally. Um, I do feel like the the Star Wars games that I've had the most fun with have been Knights of the Old Republic, okay, Republic Commando. And Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided. Granted, with that last one, uh, what made it really good was the Jump to Light Speed expansion, which added ships. Okay. And also swoop bikes <laughs> and other You're arguing it for my vehicles. viewpoint, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you, <laughs> is what I'm saying. However, Republic Commando, to me, was like what Halo would have been if I cared about the story. I... I hear you, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic, the fact that you... It's an RPG by nature, and it was when Bioware was making good RPGs. So you could insert yourself into that role by making that character whatever you wanted. Star Wars Galaxies, you were that player, or that Mm. that character, because you made that character however you wanted. What about the Old Republic? The Old Republic MMO is World of Warcraft with lightsabers. (laughs) So there's weeklies and dailies and PvP and raids and stuff. So it's that's neither here nor there. Um, I, I don't think that game makes an impact on Star Wars. I don't think of the Old Republic as a Star Wars game. I think of it as an MMO. Oh, really? It's just an MMO. It's just an MMO. Okay, I it can buy that. Happens to be skinned with Star Wars. Yeah, I can see that. Um, the other one Star Wars game that I truly loved was Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which was the RTS before they did Empire at War. Mm -hmm. And that I don't think you could classify as a character or vehicle-based game. Um, I do know that the X-Wing and X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games were great. Oh, yeah, the... What are they called? The uh, simulators? Yeah, they're more simulatory than, than like, the Rogue Squadron (laughs) games. But... um, uh, Shadows of the Empire. I was gonna say. I yeah. think is the perfect blend of, of the two. Of the two. Mm-hmm. But to argue my point, Republic Commando. I think that is a far better game than any of the vehicle-based Man, games. That was a great in my game. opinion. I, I agree. With and that. for it taking place in the prequel, 
mm-hmm. during the prequel series and the prequels being what they are, uh, that game blew me away at how good it actually was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. It's my turn. Kevin's turn. All right, here we go. Not looking in the bag. Oh, and this is my drawing for that, by the way. I just drew oh, a bunch yeah. of stars. You should take a picture of it and put it <laughs> on uh, Twitter. Okay. At Monumentous Kyle. I will. Cross branding. When the podcast is over, I'll upload this. I drew one of mine. Oh, okay. All right. This is the one that I was kind of not knowing if it would work for you. Okay. But I think I can make it work because I'm choosing. Okay. EverQuest versus World of Warcraft. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't put Old Republic on there. No, I wouldn't have either of those arguments. Or Star Wars Galaxies, you know? Well, that's an entirely different Hmm. thing. The big two were EverQuest and World of Warcraft. And I'm going to argue in favor of EverQuest here because I know you can argue World of Warcraft. Also, I have more experience with EverQuest 2, but EverQuest was the game that it didn't start the MMORPG. It revolutionized the MMORPG. It became known as Evercrack for a reason. That's true. It was the game that was the first one in news articles about couples splitting up because he's spending too much time playing the game. (laughs) He's not going to work because he's playing the game. It was the first massively multiplayer online role-playing game Mm -hmm. that sucks people's lives away. I'm not taking anything away from Ultima Online or Dark Age of Camelot or any of those other ones, but EverQuest was the, the big one. At, at the time. EverQuest 2, maybe not so much. I'm not going to argue with that. It was a fun game. It mm. was, in my opinion, it was a better game than World of Warcraft. Okay. Because it felt more in-depth and it wasn't so pattern-based. Whenever I played World of Warcraft, I felt like I was jumping into a game just to smash a couple of buttons. And that's how I felt like in the Old Republic as well. That's how it is now, actually, yeah. <laughs> and this is back <laughs> Vanilla WoW that I played. Yeah, you played Vanilla WoW. And you hated it. I didn't hate it. I played it for a couple of months, actually. Oh, okay. But... I ended up hating it, but the PvP was actually pretty fun. I loved – there was one thing that I loved about World of Warcraft, and it was the the capture the flag war zone. That was uh, Warsong Gulch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a great That was fun, ground. especially yeah. as a hunter. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> that was the one up that World of Warcraft had for me. Um, EverQuest is the definitive MMORPG. It was the one that made them big, mm-hmm. and it was what World of Warcraft was – Based on it's when, true because uh, I remember I think uh, one of the top guilds in EverQuest, the first one, they were brought into Blizzard and they were able to work on World of Warcraft. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, uh, basically I can't remember all their names now, but basically they took a lot of inspiration, of course, for EverQuest to make World of Warcraft into what it became. Gotcha. But for me, I just feel like. EverQuest wasn't as accessible of a game. It had way too high of a learning curve compared to World of Warcraft. And plus it had that quality polish that, you know, is pretty much Blizzard's uh, flag stand, you know. On the the learning curve thing, you were also a lot younger when that game came out. That's true. If it was new now, uh, us being in our 30s. That makes that's a good I don't think it would be the same. You're right, you're right. But uh I just feel like Back Just gotta then, push some buttons, man. I know. In that time frame, <laughs> uh, I would say Warcraft was way more accessible, even though compared to today's version of World Warcraft, it's like super hard now. <laughs> That's something I forgot to mention uh, for my previous week was I watched BlizzCon. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually tried out the WoW Classic demo. Did you? I did. 
Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going. That I was, was uh, that was something else because <laughs> I played a hunter, and I don't miss any of that old crap <laughs> that they had to put hunters through. <laughs> Using mana to shoot your arrows, uh-huh. having quivers full of arrows as a usable item. Yeah, that you had to constantly fill Wait, up. Wait, they took that stuff out? Yeah, a long time ago. Holy crap! Oh yeah, it's a totally different game now. Oh my goodness, I guess. And. uh you know, managing your pet, like you have to keep your pet happy for it to do like the mm-hmm. maximum amount of damage. Yeah. By feeding it. Uh-huh. Like that's not a thing anymore. And they, they've really cut all the crap out and streamlined it to the point where you would hate playing it. That's what I hate about Blizzard. They've really casualized their games. It's, it's meant to, as you said, streamline. It, it's, they probably do it in the, the name of quality of life improvements, making yeah. it so uh, less micromanagement. It, it keeps you on the hamster wheel more because now there's more grinds to do. But let me ask you: Do you honestly believe World of Warcraft is a better game, and and all of its entirety, better game than EverQuest? Oh, by far. Even though I've never played EverQuest, I've seen you play it. Okay. And I just feel like for a gamer like myself, like I need those streamlined mechanics to stay into the game. Gotcha. You know, for the accessibility and the ease of use. and You would not have liked Star Wars Galaxies. No. (laughs) (laughs) I watched you play that. I'm like, nah, it's not for me. I mean, I tried playing uh, Old Republic, and that was like a WoW clone. It is a WoW clone. And I just feel like the quality was off a little bit. Like, I didn't get that. It just, there's something about Blizzard games. Kevin's like, crack. Like once you get Ever a sniff crack of it, was crack, dude. <laughs> EverQuest was ever crack. I'm not arguing very well. Am I? <laughs> I think we're we're helping each other make we, our we, our. We points. kind of are. It's yeah. less of an argument, more of a, a rational debate, which is what election time and what this is all about. Let rational you debates. let me pick. I do have one more thing. Oh, okay. They released expansion packs for for EverQuest long after EverQuest two was a thing yeah so everquest longevity i know world of warcraft has now been out for 14 years Mm. but everquest lasted i don't even know i'd have to look it up but i know everquest lasted a lot longer than any other game in that time period yeah go for it man it's all you i just have to say though uh quick thoughts on diablo immortal go for it yeah that was super disappointing More to follow on a later date. Yeah, we'll talk about that one another day. Yeah, another episode for another another topic for another time. Another topic for another... Yeah, we haven't actually. (laughs) What have you got for us, Kyle? Uh, Oh, I got another one of mine. (laughs) I like this trend. This This is is not working out very well. We should have just made... Oh, I got two. I got two of mine. Put one back. There you go. Oh, this is the other one I thought you would like. Okay. Tetris versus Pac-Man. Okay, okay, okay. Which one are you in gonna do? In gonna do? I'm gonna do Pac-Man. Go for it. I feel like Pac-Man has withstood the test of time longer than Tetris. I will argue that, but go on. <laughs> I will gladly argue I, that. I feel like Pac-Man is able to adapt more so to modern gaming than Tetris. Even though Tetris just came out with a new game today. Today. You're making my point for me. Tetris Effect. You're making my point for me. But I love playing Pac-Man in all of its iterations, especially Pac-Man Championship Deluxe Edition. Mm -hmm. That was some awesome stuff. 
I really like playing it. It was fun. There was a, a game on the Sega Genesis that was a side-scrolling platformer where you played as Pac-Man. I don't remember the name hmm. of that game. Pac-Man World, maybe? Okay. I loved that game. Hmm. Go on. <laughs> I, I just feel like Pac-Man's more iconic of a game character. He, he's withstood, okay. like, so much more, you know, current iterations than Tetris. I, I feel like Tetris has had more ports and stuff that haven't lived up to the original game. Whereas Pac-Man, you know, every time you get a new Pac-Man game, it's fun. Whereas Tetris is just more of the same thing. I love Tetris, but, I mean, we've all played te- Tetris. We've all played Pac-Man. Yeah. In my turn? Yes. Withstanding the test of time... Look at the sales numbers. What is the best-selling game of all time in all of its iterations? That might be GTA Five now. If is it's it Tetris? No, it it was Tetris. If it's oh. if it's not GTA Five, it's been Tetris forever. I need some sources to back that up. <laughs> I I don't Google stuff <laughs> live on air, but it, Tetris is the the in all of its iterations, not just the original version of it. Yeah. That opening theme song, or the 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 theme well, song to the level, the first level of Tetris, I'll, I'll give you that is yeah. iconic. There have been thrash metal bands that have covered that because of its its longevity and its its okay. impact on people. Uh, yeah, there's no one definitive character in Tetris that you could say that's a that's a character that should be in a movie like Pixels. Okay. <laughs> Pac Man was in Pixels. That, I get it. That's a bad point for Pac Man. <laughs> I'm decent at arguing sometimes. I think you are. You got a knack for it. Like you even said today, Tetris released a new game. It, it, Tetris is co- is always constantly changing, evolving, and it's all about dropping them bl- them blicks, those bricks, D- dropping <laughs> them bricks. I think I was gonna say blimps. Put that brick in your face. <laughs> I think I was gonna say blimps, but yeah. I it, honestly, if I didn't have to. Uh, argue in favor of Tetris, I still would have picked Tetris. Okay. Tetris is the game that the dentist always gives you whenever you're sitting there waiting for your teeth to be cleaned. When what? I was a kid, that was always the really? case. It was always Tetris or Dr. That Mario. That sounds like an awesome dentist. Or is it Dr. Mario, which is just a clone? Yeah. Uh, okay, not a clone, but an iteration of an iteration. That's a good point. There have been yeah, other games Mario like that. It. That's, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, uh, Sonic copied it with Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I think that was more of a Dr. Mario clone. But Yeah, I know Street Fighter did it too. With did they? The, uh, the cutie characters. I can't remember what they're called. But uh, there's like a Capcom SNK thing where they huh. would fight each other and you had to do like Tetris <laughs> to like do the fighting moves and there stuff. There are many games in other games where you have to do Tetris-style combat per se in order to to beat the boss tetris is the definitive old school game in my opinion my turn bravo thank you (laughs) you did well (laughs) mix them all around that's probably the problem is i haven't been mixing them around with my hand i've just been letting gravity i think i may have folded them all together and like kept them together when i dumped it oh that's not smart because that's why i had two of them i think i I just did two of them too so I, i think i have one of yours then oh i did put one of them back. This is one of yours. Call of Duty franchise versus Battlefield franchise. Oh boy! Yeah. Thanks, I, Kyle. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to talk about because we both don't really play the games anymore. I like that you put regenerative health and guns versus explosions and vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I which don't one know do which you want to pick? pick? Yeah. Because I've had... Okay, I'll pick the one that I've had the most fun playing. Okay. Call of Duty. I'll, I'll pick Call of Duty. Okay. Call of Duty is not the lesser of two evils here. But... Call of Duty is the one that's consistently good every year. Yeah. If, if you're into the first-person shooter, Call of Duty is the one that's good every year. They, like Blizzard, have found a formula. And some by Activision, who's, you know, Activision Blizzard. Yep, they're uh, one and the same now. Yep, they they find a formula and they stick with it and they find ways to try to iterate slightly on it every year. And it's usually pretty hit or miss, but they still make sh- <laughs> loads of money. And I got to timestamp that now. They make a lot Whoa. of money. Kevin with the F-bomb. That was an S-bomb, yo. Or, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They make loads of money every year, and it's always either the most bought or the most most talked about game every year. How is it still the talked about game every year? I have no idea. I mean, don't people get tired of that? I got tired of it years ago. I was going to say, like, the last Call of Duty game I played, I think, was the original Black Ops (laughs) <laughs> like that was like 2012, something like that. Maybe even 2010. So, Call of Duty, know. the original Call of Duty, was a fantastic game on PC. Yes, Call of Duty Two was another fantastic game. Call of Duty Four was a freaking marvelous game. Mm. I don't think Battlefield has had that many good games in its franchise. I would heavily disagree. Go on. Okay. Your, your, your floor. Battlefield has had so many great games over the years. So you can't forget Battlefield 1942. Correct. That's that the first was one. That was technically the first one. And then you even had like the advanced one, like Battlefield, oh, what was it? Like 21 something? 2042. Oh, you remember it? Because it took place 100 years later. That was like a really technologically advanced game back then when it first came out. I couldn't even play it on my PC. That just ate up one of the trivia questions that I was going to do in the future. Oh, by the way, was really? what was the sequel to? What year did the sequel to Battlefield 1942 take place? Oh, and the man. answer was 2042. But <laughs> I mean, moving forward from that, it's when they started releasing like the Bad Company games. Like I freaking love Bad Company too. It's one of my top shooters. What did they do so differently? It was the combination of destructive environments okay. along with, like, really good, like, weapon controls. Like, they had the class system, uh, sniper, soldier, medic. That's the difference. They have, like, squads. You're talking multiplayer. I'm talking single player. Oh. That's the difference. Yeah. Battlefield's not really known for its single player campaign. And for me, Call of Duty wasn't good in multiplayer. Right. I loved the single- when I said that one, two, and four were great. Yeah, I was talking about the single player campaign. I mean, I enjoyed Modern Warfare, but uh, I mean, after Black Ops, I just lost interest. I'm like, why do why keep doing the same thing over and over the in one- first person shooter game? I'll also give this to Battlefield that it did spawn the Battlefront series, and the original two Star Wars Battlefront games were good. You're just making my point even easier to argue. There we go. <laughs> I hate that you put me in the position that I had to defend Call of Duty, but... <laughs> hey, you chose it yourself. <laughs> I did, because I have far less experience with Battlefield, and... You know, when I actually got Battlefield 1942 on the PC, I traded a guy his discs, his CDs. It was his sixth grade? Huh. Seventh grade. It was middle school. 
he gave me his CDs or let me borrow his Battlefield 1942 CDs in 8th grade. I let him borrow my Diablo 2 and Lord of Destruction <gasps> CDs. You never got them back? Never got them back. Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, so that's, that was one of the last times I played Diablo 2. Granted, <sighs> since then, with the Battlefield... With my Diablo 3 Collector's Edition, I did get a USB drive in the form of the Soul Stone, which actually has, or the World Stone, whatever it is, Yeah, that has Diablo 2 on it. That's cool. Yeah. I just don't know where it's at anymore. But uh, to reiterate Battlefield, like, Bad Company 2 had the best DLC with the Vietnam expansion. Like, those games were just incredible, like, to play when they still had thriving communities. Like, Vietnam's dead now. Mm-hmm. But people still play Bad Company 2 every now and then. Yeah. But, I mean, I stopped playing Battlefield... Oh, I think it was Battlefield 3 that I stopped. Because I just loved Bad Company 2 so much. And they ch- made a lot of changes to Battlefield 3 I didn't like. Okay. And, uh, essentially, that's why I stopped playing. But Bad Company 2 is, like, one of the top mil- multiplayer experiences for me. Gotcha. I love that game. Incredible. You win that one. Oh, I, well, I, I think maybe Robert one. should decide the winner, huh? He can if he wants to. I mean, uh... Or anybody else listening. That you also Speaking pick. of Robert, <laughs> this next debate is courtesy of Robert. Yeah, that one was, too. That last yes, one was, too. I actually uh, got a hold of him earlier today. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, I want you to give me some ideas, because I can't come up with anything. <laughs> I came up with mine all on my own. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Okay, go on. But there's, uh... Fallout versus Borderlands, courtesy of Robert. Okay, okay. Which one are you going to pick? You like the drawing? I do. Those are great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to defend Borderlands. Okay. I know. <laughs> uh, I would have defended Borderlands as well, or argued in favor of Borderlands. I feel like what Borderlands does better than Fallout is it makes it more fun and arcadey of a shooter. And uh, the writing for the comedy... Like the characters and their zaniness mm-hmm. and their personalities, I feel like makes for a not such a serious game, which I appreciate Fallout for that. Like, I can really get lost in a Fallout game if I wanted to. Yeah. But Fallout 4 left such a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> and Borderlands, I just love playing them. Like, I played Borderlands 2, and I think the first one as well, my younger brother. And that was some, like, such a great time for a co op game. I really enjoyed it. But I just love the guns. The guns are just more thought out, more fun to use. I enjoy the story for the most part. Like not just for like the plot elements, because the characters though. The characters, like the character-driven plot. I just feel like overall it's really fun to play. I'll never get tired of it, even though I haven't played uh, the pre-sequel yet. I want to, and I I really hope we'll play that together sometime. That'd be fun. Yeah. And uh, I think Borderlands 3 will be one of the best games ever made, in my opinion. Wow. That's a bold claim, I know. It's made by Gearbox, man. I'll never say that something Borderlands is their one good franchise. Yeah, I've lost all faith in Randy Pitchford and everything that he has to do. I know he's like devil incarnate for you, but I feel like when it comes to Borderlands, he knows what's up with that. He knows how to make a good Borderlands game. Okay. And I love Tales from the Borderlands. Like, I just love that story. Like Loaderbot, I will always remember you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loaderbot was great. You had the floor, sir. All right. So 
talking about the comedy and the zaniness. That's what Borderlands is. That's all Borderlands is, is mm-hmm. comedy, zaniness, characters, and then guns that are based on uh, elements. It felt like I was playing, and I love Diablo. It felt like I was playing first-person shooter Diablo. How long can I play that and keep my interest be held there? Okay. If I'm going to play Diablo, I'm just going to play Diablo. Mm-hmm. I don't need to play a first-person shooter version of Diablo. It's nice to have, and the nods to other games were great. Fallout has changed over time. Fallout started That's off true. as an isometric RPG and throughout the years became a first-person RPG. It's it. I think it missed hugely is the word I'm going to use there because I <laughs> hate myself, but it there were some very large missteps that they took with Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. I think Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say this, Fallout New Vegas was one of my favorite first-person shooters of all time. I will not say that about a Borderlands game. Okay. Borderlands was fun, and it was one of my favorite co-op first-person shooter games of all time. Mm-hmm. But I had to have somebody else there to play it to have fun. Whereas with Fallout, I can just lose an entire day just exploring the wasteland. Oh, yeah. Getting to know the characters. The the It has zaniness all of its uh, in and of itself. The world that they created. Based I won the lottery! <laughs> the, the like futuristic plus past stuff mixed together in a post-apocalyptic world with... Everything being based on nukes, like the, from the cereal to the drinks to yeah, that's true. Yeah. The even the looks of a lot of the towns and stuff. It's <laughs> it's all made to make you feel like you're part of that living, breathing world, mm. and it's it's able to suck people in to the point where they are looking forward to a multiplayer version of it, which I don't understand. But I guess that's. Something we're going to find out on Tuesday next I'm, week. I'm curious as to how Fallout 76 is going to go. I don't know if I'm going to buy it or not. I really don't. I would simply argue Fall- I I said earlier that I would argue Borderlands, but now after thinking about it, I think Fallout's better because Randy Pitchford didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> you know, I would much rather have, uh, uh, damn it, Todd Howard. Todd Howard? How, yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it. Why am I, I forgetting I, that name I was now? thinking Ron Howard. <laughs> It's Arrested Development. You know, I, yeah, that's, you bring up a good point there. That's something I think Fallout does better. I'm I'm not just throwing shade at somebody for the sake of throwing shade at somebody. I can go in depth into my opinions on Randy Pitchford <laughs> at another time. This isn't the place for it. Randy, if you're listening, you're not listening, so it doesn't matter. My turn. Man, you got to pick more of yours. I'm trying. It's four of mine already. And one of yours. <laughs> well, you did fold all yours together. I mean... There, I just un- I took two of them out of each other. Okay. Okay. What do I have here? I want you to pick mine. Dang it! Let's see what I've got. It is one of mine. Guitar Hero series versus Rock Band series. See, I, I knew you would write that one down, so I didn't. I waited till almost the very end to do it. Well, the floor is yours again. Okay. Um, I will. For one reason only, okay, two reasons, but for mainly one reason only, I will say that the rock, mm-mm, the Guitar Hero, <laughs> dang it, the Guitar Hero series is better than Rock Band, and that's simply because of how fluid it felt to play. Yeah, the circles going up the screen far better than the bars going, I guess, coming down the screen. But you get what I'm saying. The look, the presentation, the the slick feeling of it 
is it, it's all that there is and it was the, the innovator of that format of rhythm game guitar hero metallica <laughs> yeah i think you won already <laughs> there there are some points that i could make for rock band but i will leave that to you but overall uh... guitar hero had a much longer lasting effect on the rhythm game genre and yes they led to the death of the genre as well it did but they were not only the innovators of it but they were the king of it for a long time i will say for rock band uh it was the first one to introduce the drum kit that was my the bass guitar and vocals vocals as well and while fun i particularly didn't like the aesthetic of it exactly i feel like it was trying way too hard to be hip and Guitar Hero just had more fun doing what it was doing. Like, it was way more fun to play Guitar Hero than Rock Band. Rock Band had a solid career mode. I never played it, so I don't know. Guitar Hero had, you play this song, you go on to the next one. You play this song, you go on to the next you one. You know, that's one thing I particularly give to Guitar Hero, is that they captured, like, the whole spirit of rock and roll better. Because they would have, like, the venues... You know, you'd start off small, like at a right. school or something, right. and then you're like in a world stadium. And right. It got crazier as you got further in the career. Uh huh. And it was like, you felt that progress. Like you're a really badass. Well, Rock Band did that too. I don't remember it because. Rock Band, especially I think Rock Band 2, you would have, you'd go from venue to venue to venue, and you'd have set songs that you had to play and get above a certain star rating. Oh, God, I remember that. And you yeah. would be play- you'd be end up playing the same songs multiple times oh, that was annoying. throughout the campaign. Yeah. It was annoying at the time, but looking back at it now, I think it makes more sense. I suppose. And plus, they had a way more robust DLC Did I just argue system. for both of, ga- both of the games? Yeah, and I'm kind of just doing one. Guitar Hero's a better game. It, it, it really is. <laughs> way more fun. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I think you won the... <coughs> The Fallout versus Borderlands one. I uh, it might be a toss-up. <clears throat> Just because of your hate for Randy Pitchford. I don't hate you, him. You won. <laughs> I don't hate Randy Pitchford. I just think he should think about some of the... Like me, I know this about myself. He should also think about some of the things he says before he says You them. know, going back to Guitar Hero, I really loved the Rock the 80s one. That was an underrated That, that was game. really underrated. I love that one. I think it's because people our age at that time didn't appreciate 80s music. Oh, like I got one of yours. We do now. All right, let's get, let's do it. Badook. Horizon Zero Dawn versus Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to argue for Horizon. I hate you, too. Well, because I mentioned Zelda as one of my favorite games. Well, then you have to argue in favor of that. Okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> if it's one of your favorite games, <laughs> argue, right. okay, argue about whichever one you legitimately feel is a better game. You know, That's I... the point of starting. I feel like Zelda is, and I briefly touched upon it, and by briefly, I probably spent like 15 minutes on it in the first episode probably. of the podcast. yeah. Because Kevin never fails to not mention that to me. <laughs> I talk a lot, but you talk forever. I do. Uh, I Like I said in that episode, I feel like what Zelda Breath of the Wild did was give a breath of fresh air to me as a Zelda fan. It changed up so much about the series while retaining like its core elements of uh, you know just exploring the game and doing dungeons and stuff. You know, it didn't do dungeons very well. I just feel like the world of that game 
it's so broad, but at the same time, it feels like it's sparse. Not to the point where it's like overly populated with wild stuff, but that's what I loved about it was how serene it was to explore the landscapes. Very open. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of people had a lot of criticisms for the fact that there was not a lot to do in the game. After the first 20 hours, you pretty much experienced everything the game has to offer, aside from the dungeons and the main story. But I just loved every second of it. I loved exploring the landscape. I just felt like I was, you know, on a journey with Link, and he was my guide. And <laughs> I just got to enjoy breathing in the wild. And the gameplay, good and bad, but I still feel like it's one of the most innovative games in a long time to come from Nintendo. Fair point. And that's where I'll wrap it up. I'll say that I already win because I argued in favor of me arguing for Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I argued to you to get you to switch which, which game you were going to argue. That's I a good win. point. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn had a a world, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a large world, but it was a lived-in world. Everywhere you went, you felt the implications of what was happening in the story with even the... The design of the enemies. I mean, robot dinosaurs. Pretty badass. Robot deer. Mm. Robot wildlife in general is just a mind-blowing concept. I don't know why it hasn't been done over and over like <laughs> zombies have been, but just because of how cool of a concept it is. But the world felt like it, it truly went through something horrific and not to the, the point of like fallout where everything just looks run down, beat up, but Nature has overtaken everything again. And you get the, you see that in like the clothing that they wear and how everything looks aesthetically and sounds. Mm. And the fact that every, every, uh, enemy that you fight in that game has like a purpose and they're all doing something and minor spoilers for Horizon Zero Dawn. They're all doing something in order to try to make the world livable mm. again. They're, mm. they're, they have a purpose and, to that point, they all have patterns in how you kill them. The weapons that you use in that game are specifically made. They're specific weapons for specific enemies. And they never break. Enemies that, well, oh my <laughs> god, the weapon system in Zelda is horrid. Absolutely horrid. The menu negotiation in that game is also terrible. Hmm. Um, Horizon did do one thing that I hate that so many open world games do, and it's the detective vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did the, she Aloy had the the magical earpiece with her that lit everything up that needed to be noticeable. Yeah. But the story, the voice acting, the originality of it and just the the feeling of combat and the, the exploration was good. I just, I can't say enough about it. I mean, did Horizon come out a month before Zelda did? If yeah, I remember it, right. That's why I put them on the same Yeah. It was, they it was were a right hotly at the same contested time. debate uh-huh. last year. It really was. And I think that Horizon Zero Dawn, for being a brand new IP, and for ta- Sony for taking a risk on it, it worked out. It, I would agree with that. I, I think that yeah. it's 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 going to lead to better things than the original game, and the original game was already incredible. Zelda has legend status already. Horizon Zero Dawn could make a, a franchise... That will have that same status at some point. Well argued. You got that one, I think. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Is it my turn? It's your turn. All right. How many more do we have? How... Uh, I got two more, I think. And you got... Three? Three. Yep. 
Five more arguments. Yeah. All right. Let's see what's going on here. <laughs> it's one of Kyle's. Oh. I was going to do this one, but I don't have much of a history with one of them. Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Okay. I don't have almost any experience with Street Fighter. I can argue for that one then. Okay. I will tell you, as a child, the Mortal Kombat series was one of the games that I played the most with other people when it came to playing multiplayer games. Yeah. They pushed the boundaries with uh, what they were able to show as far as blood goes, trying to make it, even though it was not a realistic setting and non-realistic characters, they made the physics of it at the time seem as realistic as it could. Mm -hmm. It was over-the-top fatalities are iconic. I talk about learning cheat codes... Fatalities, how every fatality had its own combo to put in. I'm my experience with Mortal Kombat ends at Mortal Kombat three. Okay, <laughs> so that's that's how limited <laughs> it is. Uh, the movies that have spawned for it have been okay. The first Mortal Kombat movie was far better than any of the Street Fighter movies. Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> um, I was a Sega Genesis guy. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I couldn't play Street Fighter, mm. and I will not play it any of those Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat games currently, any of the current ones, because they don't appeal to me. But I would say that just the characters, the, the coolness of the fatalities, the the aesthetic and the music in Mortal Kombat mm. makes it a far more appealing game to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could definitely argue in favor of Street Fighter, though, but I'm not going to. That's Basically, that's uh, Street Fighter... The first one was such a piece of crap that Capcom was like, okay, we got to make this into a real thing. Street Fighter 2 comes out, and it just blows everyone's pants off. In the arcade, everyone's, you know, throwing their quarters at the arcade units for Street Fighter, and it becomes a huge tournament game. And that's where I'm going to base my argument from. That's what mine would have been on, too. So I feel like with Street Fighter, it takes way more skill because the systems are not as... uh, you know, Mortal Kombat is a fun game, but I feel like with their recent focus on trying to make it a competitive fighter, <laughs> it doesn't have those roots like Street Fighter does. Yeah. And Street Fighter, I feel like, is such a skillful game. Like, you know, it's virtually like three-dimensional chess on a 2D plane, and everything that you do and what your opponent can do to influence you, it's like a constant mind game. Between, you know, two opponents. And you don't see that any better than Evo every year. Or, you know, all these Capcom Mm -hmm. classic tourneys and Mm -hmm. stuff. I feel like it's such a built-from-the-ground-up game. I mean, Street Fighter V not really living up to the promise of previous installments is a disappointment. I'll give you that. And Mortal Kombat's really taking off now. Like, uh, in the tournaments, it's getting more notoriety. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, the latest one, I think it was Mortal Kombat 11, if I'm right, or 10. Uh, they've been really popular hmm. at Evo. Whereas uh, Street Fighter V has been kind of notorious for being awful for many of the pros. Gotcha. But, uh, man, Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition was like the pinnacle of what fighting games can be. Like, they had such a robust character selection. You know, the even the... Uh, quality of the graphics and the music and stuff like you can just feel that hype 
when you watch it at Evo. That's why I enjoy most about the fighting game scene. But I feel like overall, Street Fighter just has that primal fighting game blood in it. Like, it's meant to be played at a professional level. What I would say to that point is that you can see people spending $200 on a joypad for Street Fighter. Yeah. But they wouldn't do that for Mortal Kombat. I mean, they would probably use the same one for Mortal Kombat too. Right, but... But, More people go out specifically for Street Fighter. Yeah. And do that specifically for Street Fighter over Mortal Kombat. And I would argue, like... A lot of the characters in Mortal Kombat are iconic, mm-hmm. but I feel like Street Fighter has more iconic characters. Like, if I were to ask you to name me five Street Fighter characters versus five Mortal Kombat characters, you could probably do it. I might be able to get to five Street Fighter characters. I don't know. Let's find out. Chun-Li. Okay. Ryu. Yeah. That's about it. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I could name a crapload of Mortal Kombat characters. It's because we'll I didn't go. play Street Fighter. Well, okay, yeah. But, and I did play Mortal Kombat, as a kid yeah. at least. Okay. But. Well, there's that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin uh, again, I think. Huh? You won that one. No, no, definitely not. That was you. You think so? I do. I do. Okay. And oh, it's it my turn. turn. All right. That was definitely your Oh, your I got to pick one of yours. Flawless victory. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I do love that about Mortal Kombat. Just the announcer. <laughs> Round one. He's really into Fight. it. Fight. Finish him. All right. Hopefully, I got one of yours. Let's oh. do it. Yes, I did. Okay. I'm trying to get more of yours. I think. Woo! Woo! That was an empty can. <laughs> Pull up the presses. Go for it. You deposited just fine. Super Smash Brothers versus Mario Party. Whoa. I Man, that's crazy. Right? That that's the one that I said was cross genre, but I yeah. think I think arguments could be made either way. Oh man. I want to argue for Super Smash Brothers if I was you don't mind. Hoping so cuz I don't have much experience with that. Super Smash Brothers is the ultimate party game because basically it takes all of these momentous monumentous there you go. characters from all these beloved franchises from Nintendo and beyond now into one arena, ultimate bout. Like, it's crazy. It's even a competitive game at Evo now. It's so big. And, you know, with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate coming out soon, it's like huge roster. Like, as kids, you were, like, impressed with the 12 characters it originally started with. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love Smash 64 and... Melee was a huge game to me when it first came out. It's the whole reason why I got a GameCube. And I sold my Nintendo 64 for it, even though I didn't want to. <laughs> but I needed that game. I'm like, I got to get Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> and it's just been such a crazy ride. I mean, it, it's been up and down, though. I feel like Pinnacle Smash, for me, was Melee. And Brawl was not that great. Pinnacle Smash. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I just feel like what Smash Brothers does well is it brings all of these characters into a fighting game and makes them versatile. And it makes sense. Like, they use their abilities from their main games mm-hmm. as their attacks. And it brings all this extra fanfare with, you know, the stages, like, being used as arenas, as well as the music from those all those game franchises into one game 
like just watching the Nintendo Directs this year for Ultimate, like it's crazy how much they're bringing in from all these different franchises into one game. Yeah, like it's crazy like, to think about like how much time that takes. <laughs> like I'm floored. Like I don't think I'll ever 100% a Smash Brothers <laughs> game because when Brawl came out, that was a lot. Right. And then when uh, Super Smash Brothers Four came out. I remember that being just as well liked, but for some reason at the tournament level, it wasn't really taking off like Melee did. And I feel like now with the Ultimate, I think that's going to be the one that will take it the furthest. Like, I'm personally not really crazy hyped about it, even though I want to be. Yeah. I, I'm going to get it, but I don't have anyone to play with anymore. And I think that's why. I got you. Because yeah. I was super competitive with it back yeah. in the N64 days and Melee days. You lost all your Smash friends because of how good you were. Yeah, I took it. <laughs> I took my competition to the next level, and nobody had that fire in them. All right. So I I will say, and I don't like Super Mario or Super Super Smash Bros. I I've never liked that style of game, and it's kind of weird arguing uh, against it right after arguing against Street Fighter, but. Uh, Mario Party is a game. You said Super Smash Bros. is the ultimate party game. I did. It's the ultimate competitive party game. Okay. If you're wanting to sit down with any group of people, no matter how young or old, no matter how much of a gamer they are or not, you can understand Mario Party. Hmm. It's a game, it's a board game, but you don't have to set up the pieces, you don't have to worry about the two year old swallowing them. <laughs> Or the dog running off with them. <laughs> you jump into the game. Oh, God. This is not life, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mario Party. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. And they can be completely different every time you play it, to a point. Yeah. Just because of all the mini games. You have one round of moving, and then you've got the mini games. And then with the mini games, you've got the four player all against each other ones. You've got the two on twos, the one on threes. Then you've got the side mini games. You've got the collecting of the stars and the strategy behind stealing coins, stealing stars. Mm -hmm. When do you buy? When do you not buy? What item do you use? When do you not use it? I could have put Mario Kart on this too. That would have been another one to debate. You know, I was. Pairing that uh, with Mario Kart 64 mm -hmm. and every other Mario Kart game. Gotcha. That was one of my early d ideas for this podcast. <laughs> gotcha. Because I think Mario Kart 64 is like the ultimate Mario Kart game. But I, I'll, I'll let you take I, it back. I will close with Mario Party is the, the game that you can play with absolutely anybody, no matter what their understanding of video games is, and have a good time. And... I really want to, at some point, when I have kids in the future, play a Mario Party game with them. As long as it's Mario Party 2. It could even be the new Switch game. I think I'd still have fun playing with, if I had kids, playing with them. I feel like Mario Party, what that does well is it takes a group of friends and it makes them competitive. Not in the same way that Smash Brothers does, but I mean, like, you start to dick around with your friends <laughs> by stealing their stars or their yeah, coins. yeah. And that's what's fun about Mario Party. It's it's almost like subterfuge. <laughs> like I'm I'm going to slowly pick away at Kyle's stats yeah. Yeah. over time. I'm and you just piss them him. off and then yeah. you just get that rage going and, uh -huh. and then the, the stakes mini go up even higher. And then when the mini games come and then you find out that you're on a team against the two other people who with that person you've been picking on and seeing how well that works out. It's 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 a lot of fun. There's so many different combinations of ways to have fun in that game. Yeah, it, there really is. The new Mario Party game's not much to play, but 
Mario, the, the first couple Mario Party games on the N64 were fantastic, and they were the ultimate party game. The first one had some control issues, because those ones where you had the, you know... Oh, those, those thumbsticks were not yeah, great. on your palm, and it yeah. would, like, leave a nasty welt on there. And then you had the ones for, like, the DS, where you'd have to blow into the microphone. Oh, those were horrible. I remember those. Screw that. All right. Yeah. On to the next one. We're almost done with this. Who won that one? Uh, I think you did. Viewer's Choice. Okay. Robert's Choice. <laughs> this one was also mine. Okay. Dead Space versus Doom. Whoa. Those are like two different games, though. Yeah, they are. But they still put you both in that same what's around the next corner mindset. Okay. Okay. Are you arguing for the remake, Doom? Or, or am I <sighs> arguing for the remake, Doom? Well, I'm going to argue Doom. Okay. Because it's one of my favorite franchises ever. And Dead Space is one of your favorite franchises ever. Yeah. I will I will say just the entire Doom franchise versus the entire Dead Space franchise is what I was going for when I wrote that. Gotcha. I will argue that Doom is a more fun video game. It's it's the game that my dad got a second phone line to play online with his friend. It's the game that I remember walking into my dad's room and watching him play and then I grew up to play and it's what made me start loving first person shooters it's the only doom 3 is the closest to a horror game that i'll ever play mm-hmm. and i enjoyed and i loved no matter what people think i loved not being able to hold a gun and a flashlight at the same time because it just added to the suspense of it having to switch from the the flashlight to look around and then switch to a gun to shoot something and then switch back and forth I don't get. See, the... you like horror elements. That's cool. I did. I I did enjoy that. Yeah. It was it was a lot better than just walking around a corner saying, "Oh, I see this guy before coming up to the <laughs> corner." I like the suspense in that one, but the music in Doom is fantastic. I'm a video game music lover. Doom, Doom Two, Doom Three, and New Doom, <laughs> and probably Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that franchise has some of the best music in video game history. Uh, the story, I've never cared about. I've never cared about the story, but that's not what Doom's about. Doom is about running around, getting scared, and killing demons. And it's magnificent fun. Alright. Dead Space. You've seen me argue this before on Twitch, as well as on the podcast. I mean, it's well known that it's one of my favorite franchises. I played it again recently for my 10th anniversary stream of Dead Space, and it still holds up really well. Mm-hmm. I love the design choices in that game. It's the game that I think of, like, if I were to become a developer, I would want to make a game like Dead Space. Like, just the amount of thought that went into the world, like the universe, and how gameplay was affected by it, how the UI was affected by it. How the art design, as well as the sound design, like everything fit together like one complete puzzle. That was just so awesome to look at and experience. I just feel like overall the game series has spawned a lot of uh, extra genres of games. That I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there's a light rail shooter of that's a Dead Space game. Called I think you've mentioned it to me. Dead Space Extraction. Yes, yes. Like. You know, you would think that by changing genres, it would affect something about the game and the world and whatnot. Like Doom did when it went VR. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it enhanced it. Like, it was a great, freaking fun game. 
like the story was even accelerated like it was pretty much like a prequel to the first dead space game that showed like how these people were uh, first hit by the necromorphs and stuff it was just really cool to find out all those details in that series in that game world and dead space 2 was like the perfect sequel uh, aside from missing boss fights it introduced new enemy types as well as enhancing isaac's personal story and so it like naturally evolved from the first game the third game kind of faltered because, you know, EA. But it was still a okay conclusion. Like, I'm disappointed as a fan that we're not getting anymore. But even though Dead Space is now over, I still look back on it fondly. And I think it's one of the most unique game experiences you can ever find in the gaming medium. That's Dead Space. <laughs> you win. <laughs> All right, there's two more, and they're right. both mine. So, oh, I'm excited! <laughs> Wait, no, no, there's one more that's mine. No, you've got six. No, I don't. I just counted them. No, there's one I know of that we haven't talked about yet. Two, three, four, five. Oh, you had one of mine. So it's five and five. One of yours, one of mine. Okay, this is my last one. Okay, which is also courtesy of Robert. Okay, it is Far Cry series versus Just Cause series. Okay. Um, I have not played Just Cause 1, so I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to argue Far Cry. Okay. Far Cry Blood Dragon is one of the best games of all time. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm going to talk about because that game is perfect. It is the perfect reason for why Far Cry is a fun game. Because, you know, every little piece of the old Far Cry's is in Far Cry Blood Dragon, but like juiced up like on blimp juice <laughs> yes. to 11 like the music the character his dialogue the gameplay just exploring the map is fun like traversing it which i love about far cry is you get that first person view you're in the world you experience hunting animals <coughs> driving vehicles like parasailing and i haven't played far cry 4 but i know you get the wingsuit in that game i still need to play that Far Cry is just fun. It's a really fun game. I love the villain Voss from Far Cry 3. Everything you're talking about is within Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I haven't played anything past that. What about before that? I played a little bit of Far Cry 2, but I didn't play it that much. Okay. But I like the fire effects in that game. Okay. This is Robert's idea. It wasn't my idea. But I even drew a little Voss character on my... <laughs> He's like, do you know the definition of insanity? <laughs> and... I don't know. I just find it fun. It's a fun game to blow stuff up in. Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon's incredible. Far Cry 3 was a heck of a lot of fun. Far Cry 4 copied Far Cry 3. Far Cry 5 is an expansion of a copy on Far Cry 4, which is a copy of Far Cry <laughs> this 3. This is why I never played them. Far Cry, the original Far Cry. I've never played that. Was a really, really fun first-person shooter. Took place out in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. uh, enemy bases everywhere. It wasn't an open-world game, to my recollection. It was more of a linear first-person shooter, and it was really, it was a really good one. I remember it playing that great. on your computer. Yeah, back, back in, the in day. high school. Yeah. yeah, it looked great. It sounded great. It, it had monsters great. in it. It did, which is weird. Yeah, it was, and you could become a monster. Well, that was in the the Xbox, like uh, oh. Predator. I think it was. Uh, oh, okay. Far Cry Predator. Okay. Something like that. And then Far Cry 2, they decided to shift it to like a realistic kind open of. world sandbox. Uh, all I have to say about Far Cry 2 is malaria. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was horrible. 
<laughs> Just Cause is 100% about having fun and causing mayhem. Mm. That is the entire basis of Just Cause. Even the first one, which was a lot more tame than that series is now, was about jumping out of exploding vehicles and shooting people. It's uh, Since then, it's gotten to... Tornadoes. Like, Shark tornadoes or sharknadoes? It's g- <laughs> Wait, there's sharknadoes? I'm just just saying. Oh, man, that's would, crazy. That's true. <laughs> I haven't played much of Just Cause 3, and I don't really see myself playing 4. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've only played Just Cause 2, and I love that game. Just Cause was 2 fun. was a lot of fun. Just Cause 1 was a lot of fun. With 2, they upped the insanity with... that Was, was that the introduction of the grapple hook, or was that 3? It's 2, I think. Okay. And yeah. 3, I think, upped it. They made it so you could grapple things together, or you could have two grapple. Oh yeah, because that was a mod for Just Cause Two, where you yeah. could grapple things together. Yeah, yeah. And they made that base in the game. Jumping Third out, game. It, you could steal a plane. Okay, let me just paint this word picture for you. Okay. You're running, and you want to be moving faster. There's a car driving by. You grapple to it. You steal the car. You're like. Never mind, I don't want this. There's a plane flying by. You jump out, land on top of the car. As it's still going, grapple onto the plane, <laughs> kick the pilot out of the plane. You're flying the plane. You're like, oh, crap, there's a mountain up ahead. I don't have enough time to turn. So you dive out, and you're, you're diving out with your parachute. You can have the wingsuit. <laughs> uh, I think you're, you're about to land into won. a pile of enemies. You can shoot down, weapons blazing, call in backup for another vehicle, and get the F out of there. It's, it, it's just a fun game that's all about having fun. Well played, sir. <laughs> Far Cry Three Blood Dragon. Just Cause one of the is best fun. I ever. have been wanting to play Just Cause. <coughs> I actually like Far I'd... Cry more than I like Just Cause. I just am good at arguing sometimes. You, you really are. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I think uh, you are next. All right, and this is the last one of my. Is it? Are we? Are we there at the cusp? This is it. This is the last All one. Right. Last argument to be made, and Kyle, you're the last argument of. Of the, the the show, this is a good one. I almost want you to pick, but I, in the spirit of the game, I have to pick. Okay. The Binding of Isaac versus the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Oh, dude, this is awesome to end on. <laughs> yes, perfect, dude. All right. Oh, this is incredible. I forgot that I had this one. So well done. The original Flash version of Isaac versus the remade Rebirth. Okay. Well, I played. The Flash version much more than the Rebirth. I, I wanted to argue for Rebirth anyway. Okay, we'll I, do that. I see Rebirth as a better game. The Flash version is the original version of the game. Mm-hmm. I'll let you argue what's so great about it because it is a fantastic game. Rebirth took everything that worked really well in the original version of the game and made the controls feel perfect. Made the the look of the game so much better for what it was. I hate that flash look, that cartoony look. Yeah. The pixely look of Rebirth is gorgeous, in my opinion. Uh, the music, it takes a little bit of time to get used to it. But once you do, you realize how atmospheric it actually is. The amount of stuff that they included in with the expansions and the fact that they were able to expand, because Flash, you can only have so much in a game before it starts running like crap, and that's what they ran into with Wrath of the Lamb, the Mm. expansion for that. With Rebirth, they can keep adding more and more and more and more into the game, and we're getting another expansion, I think, sometime next year. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, Repentance. They're still working on that. Yeah. yeah. They said that the last booster pack was going to be it, but Binding of Isaac Repentance is coming out at some point. Oh, damn. Um... The, the fact that they added 
another way to finish the game outside of just going to the final level of the chest. There's a dark version of that called the Dark Room, which wasn't in the original game. Mm. So having that light and dark balance and just being able to add more, have more crazy combinations of items that work together. Uh, overall, much more fluid experience. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. I'm going to go at this from another angle. So the Flash version, this was our first like real look at Isaac as a like a new IP. Mm-hmm. You're so, going from the exact same approach I would be taking. So oh, well, good start. There so. we go. Uh, <laughs> my first experience with Isaac was watching Man vs. Game play it nonstop. And I give him a lot of credit for it because he made that game look really fun. And I just decided on a whim to get it, and I was hooked immediately on it. Like, I had to get every item, get 100% achievements, which Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Me too. But it was that experience of, like, going through each of those levels and seeing, like, the progression of decay, like, from, like, the basement to the caves to the depths to the, you know, womb. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just got even crazier with the expansions. The expansion, singular. Pardon me, uh, Wrath of the Lamb, right? Yes. Like going up to, I guess uh, they had the free, the the Eternal Edition that came out after oh. Rebirth was already out, but neither of us have played it. But it, it, I think that's what the Flash version has is that nostalgic kind of feel to it. Because I was, I was actually just watching it again this morning mm-hmm. before I came into work. Because uh, I recently heard Man vs. Game was having some really bad times, and I watched one of his old Binding of Isaac streams as well as Super Meat Boy. And I was like, wow, it still looks really fun to play back then. And he's I think really he, good at, at yeah showing off a game and making it look really fun. And he's a great uh, personality. I feel like with Binding of Isaac, like when that first came out, it was just so it was like such a different game because I don't think any of us really had experience with roguelikes back then. Like that was my first roguelike that I can remember. Yeah, and I feel like uh, what it did so well was that it took all these different elements from religious texts and like incorporated that into a gameplay system with like the items and the cards and whatnot and it just took all these different elements and blended it together so well which rebirth you know as on but essentially it's that first experience playing the game it was like nothing else like it whereas rebirth is just kind of like you know mimicking that that's all I can really... And the music. The music was way better. It's so good. I love the music in the Flash version. Oh, my God. Danny Baranowski did uh, an incredible job. He really did. He really game. outdid himself. Uh, I feel like the Rebirth music, it took me a long time to get used to. It does take some time. Like, I was remembering uh, when I first played Rebirth, and I just couldn't get into it for some reason. Like Even now, when I play Rebirth, I will pop onto YouTube and play Danny B's uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer soundtrack <laughs> while I play The Binding of Isaac, because I love Danny B. Yeah, he was he's just a great composer, and he did fabulous work on Super Meat Boy, and also Crypt of the Necrodancer. And I feel like that's the one huge advantage the original has over Rebirth, is the music. Bar none. It's one of the best soundtracks. For me, it feels like whoever argues last wins on this one. Because if I I would have argued Rebirth, I could have said that they took everything that was so great about what Edmund McMillan did in the first game and made it more accessible to to, made it accessible to more people and made it more fluid and fun to play. Because he made that all on his own, didn't he? No, he didn't do the programming. He did all the artwork in the original game, though. Okay, it was. 
uh, Florian Himsel. I don't know how to pronounce the, the guy's last name. He did Sorry the for Flash programming. He did the programming for the game. Yes. Yeah. Florian did that, and uh, Edmund did all the artwork, mm. and then Danny B did the music. Okay. But it was all Ed's creation. It was all his his brainchild, mm. and it's really kind of a gateway into the way that I think he was saying that it was a gateway into his mind thinking of religion as a kid, how he viewed religion hmm. and his, his upbringing with it and stuff. It's, it's a morbid game and Very granted much. it's, it's, it's an exaggeration on his, his feelings from <laughs> being a kid. But yeah, uh, I, I think you win that one. <laughs> you clap for yourself. Well, what's the tally? I can't remember now. I don't either. I don't think it matters. I think Robert will tally it for us <laughs> and give us the final verdict. Yeah. Either way, we're all out of time this week. We sure are. We went way past schedule. We did. I hope you guys enjoyed the long episode. This was a really fun episode. No offense, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that bloom juice, boy. This uh, <laughs> I don't think this format would have worked so well with three people, so I think it's... It worked pretty well for two. I think it's perfect for two people, but yeah. Robert will be back next week. Don't know yet what we're talking about next week, but we will talk about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Rest assured. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to us, click that like button, click subscribe, comment, you know, all the, the usual stuff that everybody tells you at the end of their stuff. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at PushingButtonsP, at MoneyMetisKyle. Sorry, I took your you did. spotlight away. I was getting ready Impulse for... Impulse G66, 2Spooky4Robert. And uh, twitch.tv slash pushing buttons nailed it. for all the Twitch awesomeness. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We don't have a YouTube URL yet, but link is in the description below. And if you need links to anything I just talked about, just go to www.pushingbuttonspodcast.com, which I don't edit very often. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Until next time, we will see you then. And have a great night. And we love you. As always. Appreciate it. Love you. Love you.